Welcome to North Star Big Book. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. My sobriety date is January 27th, 1999, and I created this podcast simply to share the message of the big book. It completely changed my life. It always changes my life, and I hope it can help change yours. Hi, welcome to North Star Big Book. My name is Carly Israel, Recovered Alcoholic. I am so excited because I'm doing this new series where I get to have AAs from all over the world, really, because of the pandemic, like life just opens up in a different way. And I asked people on social media who are in AA, who loves the big book and who wants to share their love of the big book with my listeners. And I've got one right here. Will you introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Brian Alcock. Hi, Brian. What's your sobriety date? November 6, 2019. And where, where do you live right now? Uh, New Jersey. Central okay. New Jersey. So. We, we are grateful for you. So what pages are we starting on? Starting 20 and 21. I but was just telling I, you, you know, before, like, we're going to jump around, people, but they're used to me jumping around. I love, he's like, I want to do 20, 21, 44, and then you'd set other ones. And I'm like, that's because you want to identify what an alcoholic is. So let's do it. You start reading. Okay. So, I, I mean, I picked um, towards the end where it starts now. Yeah. So, now these are commonplace observations on drinkers, which we hear all the time. Uh, you know, maybe I should have went a little bit ahead, but back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding. We see that these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different from ours. Moderate drinkers have little trouble in giving up liquor entirely if they have good reasons. All right, reason so will you pause it. for a second? So, when I'm sure. taking someone through the book... I have like in big letters types of drinkers right here because I want them yes. to know that we're going to identify there's three types of drinkers yep. and we're going to, so right now, do you hear like a slinky being dropped or something? That's my brother. He's in the other room. Oh, that's hysterical. Nailing. <laughs> that's no, no problem. We'll deal with nailing. So tell us the first type of drinker, moderate drinkers. A moderate, so moderate drinkers have a little trouble in giving up liquor and so if they have good reason for it. They can take it or leave it alone. So my question I write here is, could you? Could yeah. you, Brian, take it or leave it alone? Yeah. I could not Obviously. take it or leave it alone. No. Right. Yeah. Me, yeah me Actually, either. the only people I've ever met in AA that are a moderate drinker are people that are like checking out AA because they're like social workers and they were assigned to a class. Like, uh-huh. no one comes to AA because they're a moderate drinker. No. Uh-huh. The second yeah, type. Yeah, let's say, uh, second type, let's see. So then there's a certain, we have a certain type of hard drinker. He may have the habit badly enough to gradually impair him physically and mentally. It may cause him to die a few years before his time. If sufficiently strong reason, ill health, falling in love, change of environment, or the warning of a doctor becomes operative, this man can also stop or moderate. Although he may find it difficult and troublesome, and may even need medical attention. Could you um, give us some background about what a hard drinker looks like and how it can be confusing for people? Well, I'll tell you, you know, because when I went through this with my sponsor, like, you know, I had thought I was a drug addict because I do right. drugs and I, I like drugs, you know? Yeah, who doesn't? Um, but, but the thing is, you know, it's like when I started going through this, I had, you know, I've done, you know, listen, I, I used to do cocaine and it was like, it was too much money. I mean, it's sufficient reason. I stopped. Right. Like, I just didn't like spending all the money, you know, the heroin I did. Yeah. And it's like, I hated to come off of that. So I stopped doing it. And then with the weed, weed was one of the last one I gave up before I actually, it was really the last thing I gave up. And I'm like, basically weed tied me over until I could drink again, yeah. you know? So I didn't get sloppy drunk at work. I'd be, you know, out of my mind. Right. But, but, you know, but, but I couldn't be totally, you know, I, I couldn't drink. So once I, basically it was my, my, um, I don't know what you'd call it. 
my my uh, holdover until I could drink. Yeah, you like um, you use know? drugs, use drugs alcoholically to manage your alcohol. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I did. Like, I, I if I just drank alcohol, I'd be passed out at nine o'clock. So yeah. I had to do a bunch of other side dishes, like both of our co-founders did, because yeah. if I just drink, I wouldn't even be able to be awake enough to enjoy being unconscious. Yeah, I mean, I've been at work and <laughs> you know, and uh, completely blacked out. I know like missing few hours right but with the with the weed i, I honestly i feel like the last day because that's why i say the sixth i actually stopped drinking on the second november second on the sixth i was like i can't smoke weed because right, it's just that, gonna take me back right. to the booze so and i threw it out the window right exactly so with the the being a hard drinker what i want to identify is and we're about to get into the, the real alcoholic is a couple of things one is could you brian stop for a really sufficiently strong reason were you able to stop when the reason was really important? Oh, yeah. No, booze, absolutely not. I mean, right. literally, never. I could stop. I just couldn't stay stopped. Like, if someone put, like, uh, something on me, like, you can't, like, you're, we're leaving, I'm, you're out, I could stop for, like, a period of time, and then I couldn't stay stopped. Yeah, I, honestly, day towards you the end, I couldn't stop. More than two days. I right. think probably is the most I want what I want the, the listener to know is that a hard drinker, even though that they physically look like us, they're a mess, they're getting in trouble, consequences, they're capable of stopping if a sufficient warning, uh, you know, operative, if they're falling in love, something changes in their life and they're like, the person's like, I can't be with you anymore. They will choose to drink or not because they don't have a physical allergy or mental obsession. And yeah. what's confusing to members of Alcoholics Anonymous is they're also members of Alcoholics Anonymous because, yeah. right? And see, these, these people don't lack that power of choice. You right. know, most people. They which can is choose. Why you, hear, you hear people mean say, you know, I choose not to drink today. I, you know, I, I'm telling you, I would, I would leave work. I'm not going to drink. And, and you made the decision. Right the street. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not going to drink. I made a choice. And, and, and within literally one minute, I'm at the liquor store buying something. Yeah. Like, I had no choice. You had no choice. You're, you had no. no defense against a mental obsession. And here's the other no. thing that's tricky that, that I experience is if you, so everyone can be a member of AA if you want to be a member. You're all welcome, yeah. right? Yeah. But not everyone in AA is a real alcoholic because yeah. you know, right? some people come there, a lot of people come there because they got court papers, their family got on their back. They say, go, AA is so much more well known. So they yeah. go, if you're not a real alcoholic, you don't need to work the steps. So you feel better. You get money in your pocket. You have health, yeah. new f weird friends. You have a fun time. And then you talk to you five years later into sobriety and you're like, you don't need to work the steps. I didn't work the steps. You're fine. Just go to meetings. Well, that's the thing. You know, you go to, I mean, around my area, that's what I hear. I mean, it, it's like, don't drink, meeting, go to meetings. Yeah. Meeting based sobriety. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's, and it's, if for you, the real alcoholic, that yeah. doesn't work. You know? And if you just go to meetings and you're a real alcoholic, which we're about to get into, you've taken away our only solution. People think alcohol is our problem and it's not. It's just what brings us here. Yeah. Alcohol is our solution. Drugs were our solution, right? When you take away alcohol and drugs and you don't fill it with the solution of the steps, then we go do sex and shopping and food and all of that. See, that's why I, I was going to page 52 because I actually at one point I had, I didn't drink from... Two thousand. Wait, from nineteen ninety until two thousand eight, I did some some weed in there. Uh, so really, were you I, in but, the program or were you on your own? Oh no, I went to meetings. I mean, mm -hmm. and that's what I had heard. I really, you know, I'm sure there were people talking about steps and stuff, but nobody was telling me. Nobody ever read this to me, like not once. You were nobody seat ever filler. said. I was I was a meeting maker. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, which is why I talked about earlier, like going to page fifty two, because like, you know what? When I stopped drinking, 
I don't get better. Like, I mean, the outside no, we're better, going inside. there. We're going to 52 oh. later because 52 oh, is right. untreated alcoholism. We need to identify. Oh, yeah. Right. So let's, so what I want to say before you get to the real alcoholic is yeah. that in the meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous, everyone's welcome. The problem is misinformation is getting told in our meetings by mm-hmm. members of Alcoholics Anonymous who are not real alcoholics, who don't require the steps to get better. And if you're a real alcoholic, you'll want to kill yourself in the meetings of AA. Oh, yeah. I, I got to that point. Me too. Uh, you know, and these people, they don't realize that they're not a real alcoholic. And God forbid you say, I'm a real alcoholic at a meeting. And they look at you like, oh, you're special. You're different. No, I'm this. I mean, I don't right. fucking want to be like this. Right. Excuse and, my language. No, but, wait, this is explicit. You know, yeah. <laughs> and what I'm saying is, like, if you're a real alcoholic and you take away our only solution to numb the pain, we will be left with a few choices. They are drinking again. Yeah. Killing ourselves sober. And yeah, I've gone to more yeah. funerals from dead AAs that didn't drink that killed themselves because they're like, if this is AA, I've got nowhere else to go. You guys aren't helping me. All you tell me is to not drink and go to meetings and meetings makers make it and 90 meetings in 90 days. Uh huh. And if you take away alcohol from the alcoholic, you're left with I self and me, the ism, and you're screwed. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So tell me what a real alcoholic is. Uh, so, but what about the real alcoholic? He may start off as a moderate drinker. He may or may not become a continuous hard drinker, but at some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. And they're talking about the physical allergy, that when we put it in our body, right? And so what people don't understand when they say, just don't pick up the first drink. First of all, if I was Nancy Reagan and I could do that, that would be great. But I'm not, right? And if if I could just not pick up the first drink, I would just put a tattoo on my arm with my other ones that says, just don't drink. And I'd be cool, right? My problem, right, just like at the tattoo, I'm done. Right. Hey. My problem is that my mind tells me the lie that it's going to be different or okay or fuck it. Uh-huh. Usually my mind's at the fuck it. Yeah. Are we going <laughs> to keep going on this page or do you want to jump to 44? No, no, that, that was it. Um, yeah, so the three types of drinks. So uh, one more thing. And I love this story and it's not mine. I heard it in one of the awesome leads I've listened to. They talk about how if two people are standing before a judge and one's a hard drinker and one's a real alcoholic, but you can't tell because they both have DUIs for the second time mm-hmm. because we all get in trouble for drinking and driving. The mm-hmm. judge says, she says to those two guys, if I see either of you in here ever again, you're losing your license for your life and you'll be mandatory prison for a year. Both of those guys walk away shaking their head going, I don't want to go to prison. And the hard drinker says to himself, I'm just not going to drink and drive. He doesn't quit drinking. He's just like, I'm not going to drink and drive. And uh-huh. he doesn't. He never drinks and drives because he doesn't want to go to prison. Uh-huh. The alcoholic says the same thing. I'm not going to drink or drive. And that night he goes out with his buddies. He gives his key to his friend, Ted. He says, Ted, do not give me my keys back. He sees his girlfriend at a party hooking up with another guy. He fights with his best friend, Ted, and says, give me my keys. And he grabs his keys and he drinks and drives. Because yeah. when you put alcohol in the body of a real alcoholic, we cannot stop. Yeah. So, See, actually, this this kind of goes back to you know how I was talking about how like I would literally leave work and within a minute I'm at the liquor store, and and at the liquor store I mean how I I I have no choice, and it's like I'm walking in and I'm thinking I'll just buy a you know like a tall boy a big beer, but then by the time I get to the counter it's like I'm gonna buy that plus a couple shots, and my my commute home is like an hour, and literally like I'm making gone. two other stops along yeah. the way because like, you're like, done within uh, twelve minutes. Yeah, I mean, I'm going from I'm not going to drink today to you know one, then one and a couple shots, 
then I'm stopping at this liquor store. Then I'm stopping at this one because I know what time they close at. And blah, blah, blah. Because you activated the physical allergy. Oh, yeah. Once you start, you cannot stop. So we're going to 44. I'm so glad that Brian brought us to this page. We were talking before we started recording. This is the page I take people to when they say in a meeting, I don't know if I'm an alcoholic or not, but I was told you're an alcoholic if you say you are, which is insane. That's like saying, it is. I don't know if I'm a cancer <laughs> patient or not, but I'm, I'm a cancer patient because my head hurts and I must have a tumor, so I'm just going to get chemo. Like, no, you need to do a test to find out if you are. I'll tell you, I know, uh, I know a person who, um, who was in, in, the, in meetings for as long as I have been around, like since 1990, even before, who says she... Oh, you know, I'm an alcoholic because I say so. She drinks now. And literally, I've watched her drink a glass, maybe a glass and a half, and we'll put it aside. Like, or smoke like a couple hits of a joint once every few weeks. Like, how she ended up in AA thinking she's an alcoholic. And you know what? And, and that's the people you have end up sponsoring. Like, some bad shit happened. They found themselves in meetings and they think they're an alcoholic because of bad shit happened. And then it's not about the shit that happened. It's yeah. about... You know, but that that's why I take them there on our first meeting. The first oh, time yeah. we sit down, I do that one hour. We go through the first three steps. I kind of jump around and I come to this page. And what you're about to read has these two little letters in it with the word or. And we can be one or the other. You yeah. don't have to be both, but I'm a double winner. So let's, let's read that first paragraph. All right. In the preceding chapters, we have learned something about alcoholism. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely okay, or stop. If I'm drinking. So, so you are at work and you honestly want to not drink. Okay. You have the intention, Brian, I cannot keep doing this. This is killing me. I'm losing everything. And then you just walk into the alcohol store, right? The liquor store. Yeah, because oh, yeah. your you don't have alcohol in your body. No alcohol made you do that. Your mind made you do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So that's yeah, one. Absolutely. That's called the mental obsession. So if the the listener can oh, relate. Shit. Go ahead. You need to get something? No, no. Can you hear that? It's okay. okay. Do you have, you're, you're in your head. It's fine. We, we love you. We're good. Um, so right. when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely is because of the mental obsession. So I wanted to quit. There were times where I was, I was in actual pain. Like forget other people. Like I was in pain from my own stuff. And uh-huh. I didn't want to live like this anymore. And I made decision like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I would start and I would, the only way I could do it is I would lock myself in like my apartment, like chain smoking and watching movies. And uh-huh. I, I could go like three weeks and I would say, I'm, I'm not a real alcoholic because what real alcoholic goes three weeks. Uh-huh. And my mind with no alcohol in it started to convince me, Carly, see, you're, you're okay. Like you're fine because no one can do that. And you're actually worse. Like I'm crazier without alcohol. So my problem can't be alcohol. My problem is that I'm not mentally like on the right medication and I need a different psychiatrist. And until then, have a drink so you can calm down. Uh That's a mental obsession. So, or if you don't relate to that, here's the other one. Go for it. Um, About not quit entirely. Uh, Yeah, or, right? Yep. Oh, I was going to say, you know what? Like I'm thinking like like in the last three months where like actually, because I kind of had a, a little bit of an intervention with my uh, my my kids and my wife, and uh, and I actually wanted to stop and and uh, you know I'd always drink. Yeah. But I'll tell you though, the one time that scared me was like, I'm at work and I work in a, I was working in a restaurant at the time, um, and there's literally 
between four and nine o'clock, I don't remember anything. And I remember coming to at nine o'clock saying, okay, we got to get the hors d'oeuvres for the party out. And the owner's like, what the F is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean, like, but you know, and that scared me for a couple days. But that's it. Like, I think maybe four days. Fear can't keep you sober. The only thing that can keep us sober is a different solution to our problem. That's it. So, or... Uh, on the bright side of that one, I did amends with the employer, so I'm now actually making amends by working for her. Good. Now. That is awesome. That's <laughs> so, what we do. We show up and just, thing. just to uh, acknowledge that you just said you didn't apologize and then move on. Amends oh, no, no. repairing the damage done, which is giving back the work you stole from her. Yes, which for her was come and work for me this summer on your days off. I love it. So it's killing me, though. That is such, no, can I tell you something? That is such an example because one day, God willing, if you keep doing the work, you're going to be able to share with other people that I can't share. Look, guys, I stole from my employer in the rest. Like I was in the restaurant business forever. A lot of us uh, are, right? Uh, you get to say to other people, this is something you can actually do. You can offer to the people you stole from in the restaurant business, I will work for you for free during my, or whatever you guys discuss. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That is repairing. You're, pay, it's not, you're paying back her time. Yeah. I love and that. It's not, it's not free. I mean, but it's definitely less than what I should get. Yes. I, I, I accept it less. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. So, okay. Or if, when, or, or if when drinking, you have a little control over the amount you take, you're probably alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering an illness, which only a spiritual experience will conquer. Okay. Can you pause for a second? So. Oh yeah. That's where after, I was going to stop. Yeah, after you say, or if when drinking, the little control of the amount we take once we start is the physical allergy. So I always like to identify yep. the two problems, mental obsession, physical allergy. Alcohol mm-hmm. Anonymous only has one solution to the physical allergy and just don't drink. But yeah. the message that we hear about, at least where I'm from in Cleveland, Cleveland Heights AA, don't drink, go to meetings is all they say. Don't drink, go to meetings, okay? That's everywhere. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so good. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I'm not uh, glad to hear that, but so... I'm, I'm glad I'm not alone in the misery. But so think about it. If you just if you're at a meeting and you're new and you come to Brian and your solution to a new person is don't drink and go to meetings, which is an hour long, maybe two at the most. Uh-huh. What are they supposed to do with their mental obsession? Like, well, I did I did that for 15 years. And how did know? it work? And, oh yeah, you can go to page 52 for yes. that. Okay. No, I got it. By, by no, I want, that's a perfect. That's a perfect. Per- and the reason why we're going to 52, and just so you know, on page 52. I have written down on the side of that one paragraph that I know you want to read from We Had to Ask Ourselves. Is yeah, yeah. I bracketed it and I wrote untreated alcoholism. Yeah. And this is also a checklist because we love a checklist for untreated alcoholism. So if you can relate yeah. to these, and this can happen sober, like this can happen in the room oh, yeah. of AA. So go for oh, it. Yeah. Page 52. Well, here, I do, I do want to, no, no, go ahead. You know, back, back to page... Uh, 44. 44. Yeah. Like nobody in 15 years, nobody ever told me, asked me this, told me this, never pointed out. No one pulled you aside. Can I share something with you? So my responsibility at a meeting, and this is very important for the listener here. If I hear someone say those magic words at a meeting, I don't know if I'm an alcoholic, but I keep coming and hope I'll figure it out. Uh My responsibility is either in my next comment immediately to t- open up my book to page 44 and read that paragraph and explain it out loud or to yeah. take that person aside after, I can't hope that someone else is going to do it. I don't care what their gender is. It's, I don't care how much time I have versus how much time. It's, it's my responsibility. Because like you said, no one did that for you. Yeah, not once. And it's Never. our responsibility because 
We also don't want like, look, I don't want to sponsor someone who isn't an alcoholic because what I'm going to no. offer them is not going to help. No, and they're not going to do it because they really don't need to. Because if you're not going <laughs> to die, why would you do this? Uh, I don't want to do it. I know. Page right? 52. Do I really want to go back to freaking old no, but people? Guess and, what? Oh, my the God. Cool, the cool thing about AA that I always tell my sponsees is that you don't have to want to do anything here. Yeah. Nobody gives a crap what you want. We only care what you do. So, like, I don't care if the people I'm working with don't want to do the work. As long as you're doing it, that's all that matters. I don't want to do uh, <laughs> So, good luck. 21 years yeah. sober, I still don't want to do anything. But I, if, I, if uh -huh. I do it, we're good. <laughs> Go for it. All right, so 52. Um, we had to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply to our human problems this same readiness to change our point of view. We were having trouble with personal relationships. We okay, were, so pause. We, I'm putting okay. a check next to everything I'm, con I'm connecting with. So did you have trouble um, with personal relationships? Oh, of course. Okay, yeah. check. Okay, yeah. go ahead. I, I got divorced in sobriety. I got married and divorced in sobriety. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, we couldn't control our emotional energy. Okay, so was that a check for you? Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm thinking like, the, actually, you know, I remember this one time where basically like, and this is towards the end before I end up drinking, uh, throwing everybody on, like I have my, all my family over and I just started cursing them. Somebody said something, I lost my mind, threw them out. They left and I'm left there crying. Like, why am I like this? What is wrong with me? I want to kill myself and I'm not even drinking. I actually right. said this to myself. No, I didn't, and, and it's so I, important that you said that. I had no clue, no idea what was going on. And you know what is really important about this part that I want to identify is when we're in the middle of this untreated alcoholism, which for me, I could only see when I wasn't drinking because when I was drinking, I could blot it out. But when I yeah. stopped drinking, you could really feel that, right? That horrible dryness that you at my mind, my mental obsession wanted the problem to be that I wasn't on the right medication. And it wanted to be that <laughs> AA, right? No one in AA understands because everyone seems so happy. They don't understand. Uh -huh. And so that's our responsibility to talk about this is how we feel in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous without the solution. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. See, actually, the booze is a, is a solution. Yeah, know? it's not a yeah. problem. It's just a solution. When you take it away, there's still a problem. The real problem is that our mind is, is the problem. Yeah. It's our mind. Keep going. All right. So uh, we were a prey to misery and depression. Oh, yep. Yeah, check, check. Uh, we couldn't make a living. Check. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a job. I always held a job, but it's not, it's not really that. It's so important yeah. you pointed out. You could pay your bills, but it was not consistent, secure, people didn't trust or respect. It was just yeah. like, I can make it, we're good workers. Like we're good workers yeah. when we're shitty workers, but yeah. like we are not <laughs> showing our true potential. Uh-huh, all right. Uh, we had a feeling. We had a feeling of uselessness. Yeah, absolutely, I felt useless. I was definitely full of fear and actually, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to that one. No, no, I'll I'll you, you know, identify oh, it. Well, I mean, we were full of fear because I started actually I was in a meeting the other night with my actually my sponsors on it and um and God I mean I look back especially you know more so you know like I said because because if I'm drinking like I, the booze covers everything I don't feel all this crap because I'm basically I'm numb but it's like I can remember that 15 years where so much of the way I acted and stuff was driven by fear you know fear of losing my job every fear decision of losing my wife, every decision. You know, Fear I'm not going to get enough of something. Fear, you know, somebody else is going to get more than me. I mean, it's just everything is like just so much fear driven. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's like a nightmare. And the uselessness feeling, like if, if I had to describe myself in one word before I got into the steps, it was, I uh -huh. felt useless. 
Uh-oh. Like it felt like a vacuum that sucked the energy out of everything. The reason why I was a suicidal alcoholic is because I believe the lie I, that I was seemingly hopeless, like it says in our book, like that I uh-huh. was, right? To me, it was seemingly hopeless. I couldn't see another way out, right? So let me just give you a little background. Yeah. Last night, you know, we always get so many fun opportunities in AA. Last night, my sponsor, my sponsor sends me a message. She's about, she does a, like a digital 24-hour break on Friday to Saturday. So she sends me a couple screenshots about this woman that used to be, that used to work with us, but has been drinking. And uh-huh. the woman's like, I want to kill myself and all this stuff. <laughs> So my sponsor sends her a message, like, these are the things you need to do. You need to check yourself in. You need to call for help, right? Because we're not mental health professionals. Like, if yeah. someone wants to kill themselves, we, I can't help you with that, right? So I, the woman calls me immediately and is like, I, I know you don't know who I am. She's drunk. You know you don't know who I am. And I'm like, I know who you are. You're not that dramatic. Like, we, it's pretty clear who you are, right? Like, we, we used to work together. And she goes on and on and on how she's going to kill herself at 11 o'clock. It was 6 o'clock. And she's in Georgia and I'm in Cleveland and she is just yelling, right? How we do like just being crazy. And normally I don't uh-huh. talk to when they're drunk because like, what am I supposed to do? Like you can't even hear me. Right. Yeah. And I say like, you can't hear me now. Let's talk tomorrow. Or you can call, I have some women you can call tomorrow. My like sponsor card is full and I've got women. I have an army of women that can help. Uh-huh. And she's like, you're a cult. And I was like, okay, like whatever. And then she's like, I'm going to kill myself. And I said, where, where is your address? And she like, and I told her, I go, I want you to know something because I'm a suicide girl. You don't want to kill yourself. You are thinking about it, but you wouldn't say you truly, if you didn't call me, it's because you want help. She's like, I want help. I said, so do you want me to, the only help I can offer you is go check yourself in, go go call 911. She's like, go block me away for 14 days. I go, so who cares? You're going to kill yourself anyways. What are you going to miss out on? Right. (laughs) So then we're going back and forth. And Uh I I, ha- I parked at the side of the road with my hazard lights on. She's yelling. And I, I get her to tell me her address. I get off the phone with her. I call 901. I get connected to Savannah, Georgia. I've only had to do this twice in my uh-huh. sobriety. And I tell them what happened. She tells me that she's going to lie to anyone that tries to help her. They, the police go to her house. She lies to them and convinces them that she's totally fine. They call uh-huh. me from Georgia. I'm like, I'm picking up like Chinese with my mask on. And they're like, we can't do anything, ma'am. I'm like, so if she kills herself, there's nothing we could do. And they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, me neither. Right. And so then she like goes on for like the entire evening to like message and call, message and call. Right. You know, like how we like, oh, yeah. yeah. And then, and I'm like, look, I, I can't help you right now. Your only options are to go check yourself in or wait till you get sober and we can help you. This morning, uh-huh. follow up, she sends me a message. Can you help me fill in some holes about last night? <laughs> and I'm like, I just sent her screenshots. I just sent her screenshots, and I was like, no, here's your wow. hole. But See, that's- I, I, w- I would not have the courage to even ask that. The, uh, the holes? <laughs> I don't want to know the I holes. Go, I go, call Eileen. You, she's going to be your sponsor. Who's Eileen? I said, you, you called her like six times last night. She has no idea who you even talked to. I mean, like, but we are a tornado. Oh, yeah. We are used, like we are, but she believed the lie last night. Like I believe the lie that she'd be better off dead. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't. She has four kids. You, uh-huh. you have kids. I have kids. Like, yeah, yeah. I know we believe in the moment of our destruction that it would be better for everyone if the destruction was gone. But you know, I'm sure you know in your life, people who've taken their life and left people back in the, in, to do, to grieve. And there's yeah. nothing more selfish. And I'm a suicide person. There's nothing more selfish 
than saying to your family and friends, I can't handle this. You deal with my pain for the rest of my life. Bye. Uh-huh. Right. But that's what this is. What, you, what Brian's yeah. reading, untreated alcoholism, the number one symptom of untreated alcoholism is suicide. It's that we're either going to pick up a drink, which is slow yeah. suicide, or we're going to kill ourselves. Yeah. Okay, so we're full of fear. What else? Oh yeah, we were unhappy. I mean, that kind of goes without saying. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't be. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Honestly, I wasn't really trying to help other people anyway. Right. I mean, you want to help other people. <laughs> and then, uh, was not a basic solution of these bedevilments more important than whether we should see newsreels of lunar flight? Of course, it was. And I do want to read the next paragraph. Yeah. No, please go. Yeah. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, and that's sorry. the thing is our ideas did not work. It's okay. We, we, no. Construction happens, right? Okay. Take us Man. to the last part, which is Dr. Bob's nightmare. See, I, I mean, I got to tell you, you know, it's like, there it is, God, that, you know, yeah. our ideas, the God idea did. I mean, it's not going to freaking meetings. It's not putting the plug in the jug or, you right. know, 90 minutes and nine days. It's God. We can't do this by ourselves. Yeah, we can't. And even a sponsor, a great sponsor out of the book cannot make this better for us. We have to get unblocked so we can get connected to like, and the reason why they capitalize spirit of the universe is because not everybody can handle the word God. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I posted something about this in, um, a, it was called like a big book study group on Facebook. And I uh-huh. posted a meditation and 86 or 88, the readings, because one of my sponsors is like, I want you to have 86 or 88 in a meditation. And I use words uh-huh. like, Higher power, God, spirit of the universe. And I got reamed out like with like a 10 paragraph essay really? how, from, a, from the admin of a big book group about how you are not allowed to use any other word than God. And I, because I don't argue really? with people, because that's what our book tells us, I just want to highlight that all throughout our book, they do use oh, yeah. that because they know that not everyone's, half of the membership when they got sober <sighs> were atheists. So I always sit down with people when I first sit down and I ask them, does the word God bother you? Because if it does, I will change the word I'm using because I use it all the time and I don't want uh-huh. to not be able to hear the message because you're stuck when I hear the, when you hear the word God. And, and then we, we find a different word for them. During, it's, it's for the first hour. Like when the girl can't, you know, like if you had a horrible relationship with your family and religion and God and you get sober, and then I'm talking about God, and you can't hear a word I'm saying. Cause, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that no. first time, that first, and then I say to them, like, so one girl wanted me to call it spirit of the universe. And I was like, so I had to, like, stop my brain and be like, and then the spirit of the universe. And then, like, a week into it, she's like, just call it God. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's so much easier. <laughs> I know. It's not well, like, t- yeah. In 1990, I really didn't want to hear about God. Yeah. You know. What page so. are we going to? uh 181 okay so i want everyone to know because they know i only go to 164 but the reason why we're going here is because it's dr bob and i have to say on dr bob's behalf how slighted he must have felt that bill would not put his story in the first 164. he's a co-founder one one of my uh one of my it's a serious big book thumper on wednesday meetings um i i gave you the information i think which, by like, the way, I want all of them on here. Like, I want you to invite everybody. Because okay. I love you guys on the East Coast because you talk as fast as me. And you love the big book. So we can get, we can get connected. 
But uh, they, we also talk about how arrogant Bill is to put his story first. You know, of course. After, and well, after the, the guy, he's, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, they, they're feeling Bill, Bill is like, he was really not a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know what? He also yeah. helped save our lives. So like, oh yeah, you know what I mean? So t- take us to 181. All right, I go right to the last paragraph because, you know, to me, this is such a good promise. I mean, we're talking about, you know, how I have no choice. I have no control and I'm, I'm screwed. I got all these, you know, untreated alcoholism at page 52, but I go to this because I'll just look at it. Um, now, if you think you're an atheist, an agnostic, a skeptic, or have any other form of intellectual pride, which keeps you from accepting what is in this book, I feel sorry for you. If you still think you are strong enough to beat the game alone, that is your affair. But if you are really and truly want but if you really and truly want to quit drinking liquor for good and all, see, and, and he didn't say not a day at a time, for good and all. Right, it, right. You, it's know, not, you yeah. don't wake up every morning and say, should I not drink today or should I drink today? It's a decision yeah, that we so. made. So I just clear this up. It's a decision that we made in the third step, okay? Yeah. We're going to do everything we can and we're going to follow it up with all these steps and we're never going to stop doing the work 10, 11, and 12, right? I don't wake up every day going, should today be a day I drink or should today not be a day yeah. I drink? I made a decision. I, the one thing that confuses people is I work the program one day at a time. Yes. yes. But I don't decide <laughs> one day at a time if I'm going to drink or not. No. That was a decision no. I made, right? Keep going. Yeah. So he says, okay, for good and all. And sincerely feel that you must have some help. We know that we have an answer for you. It never fails. If you go about it with one half the zeal, you have been in the habit of showing when you were getting drunk, uh, getting another drink. Your Heavenly Father will never let you down. I mean, that is like such a gigantic, to me, that's like a huge promise. I love like reading that for good and all. It never fails. I mean, it doesn't just come for free. Like, you know, I, I, I got to say, my obsession was lifted. Like, 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 or very early. But, you know, I, I mean, I get God's grace for so long. That shit won't last. Like, mine wasn't lifted until I started doing the work. The pressure was, was there. You're lucky. Will you do me one favor before we go? On yeah. page 180, because it's just, we're here. Yeah. Will you read that little paragraph on the bottom and then those four numbers on the top? Oh, yeah. Um, I spend a good deal of time passing on what I learned to others who want and need it badly. I do it for four reasons. One, sense of duty. Two, it is a pleasure. Three, because in doing so, I am paying my debt to the man who took time to pass it on to me. Four, because every time I do it, I take out a little more insurance for myself against the possible slip. I love it. Thank you See, so much a, for your time. Oh, your problem. No problem. Ryan, this was awesome. you have something else to say before you go? No, no. After, uh, before, after okay. we stop recording. Okay, we're going to stop recording. I want everyone to know that if you want to be on here, I want the world to help me do the big book together. I'm so excited to meet my fellow brothers and sisters along the way. And I am grateful for your time. So we are going to sign off, but you don't get off, okay? Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And... For any listeners who would like to get deeper insight into my story, I just released my memoir, Seconds and Inches. It was a dream of mine for decades to write my memoir. And while I do not believe in mixing money in AA, I just wanted to share with the world that I did this accomplishment and it can be found wherever you normally purchase books, paperback, audio, or digital. I wish you an awesome day. Thank you.